Many of us are engaged in self-sabotage. We do things that are detrimental to our own success. We go against the things we most desperately want, and we do things that bring about our own destruction. It's easy to assume that there must be parts within us that are against us. What we don't realize is that these enemies within, the enemy that you feel is living within your own skin, are not enemies at all. consciousness works is that when we encounter difficulties in our life, our consciousness fragments. What this means is that even though we may call ourselves by one name, this is not the truth of our internal world, of our consciousness itself, what many people are calling the psyche. The truth of this internal reality is that we have many fragmented aspects of ourself, and they exist within us a bit like Siamese twins. The reason I'm calling them this is because they share the same body, the one that you call yours. However, they have different desires, different roles within the spectrum, different needs, different perspectives completely on life, <laughs> different personalities. To understand more about this, you can watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. A significant portion of this fragmentation that is occurring within us is comprised of aspects of ourselves that are vulnerable. These are the parts of ourselves that potentially got us into trouble or did not keep us safe in our specific environment, most especially in the one we were raised in. And to the contrary, aspects that those vulnerable parts create to protect them. So these are aspects of self that do keep us safe and get us what we want in our specific environment, especially the one we were raised in. For example, a person who grew up in a family that only cared about productivity and disapproved of anyone who wasn't busy may have a vulnerable part of themselves that is slow and loves to be in the present moment, but they may have created an internal protector for that part which is driven and disciplined and is constantly pushing to do more. What most people don't understand, but what people must come to understand, is that these parts of themselves that are self-sabotaging are in fact protector parts within the internal spectrum. They are parts that are completely convinced that what they are doing is benefiting you in some way, even if it's leading to some other type of a consequence. It's a kind of, well, believe me, the pain I'm choosing is a lot better than the alternative. Today, I wanna to talk to you about one of these protector parts that I keep seeing in people across the globe over and over again, and it is one that is perhaps the most damaging to a person's adult life. It is a protector part within the spectrum called the internal self-rejector. When we are young, to experience rejection is soul-shattering. It not only causes us to feel like our survival is at risk because we are relationally dependent as a species, it causes us to form the self-concept that we are bad, wrong, unwanted, unlovable, defective, and that we lack value. Now I must say that most of us are comfortable with the idea of rejection looking a specific way. We can understand rejection as a child being abandoned or constantly shamed or, you know, the classic scapegoat in a family system. But I want you to expand your mind a bit here. By a bit I mean a lot. 
Because let's say that you've got a child who manages to conform to what their parents want. And because of that conformity, becoming what the parent wants, they are constantly getting positive feedback. So from the outside, it looks like this child is the golden child. It looks like they're constantly being approved of, and they're the one that the parent wants. I need you to look underneath this. Underneath this, that child's capacity to adapt was dependent upon suppressing, denying, and disowning aspects of their true self. Therefore, inherent in that approval is in fact a disapproval of their true self. So even that is a child who feels rejected, or a person who is at risk for developing this internal rejector part. The same is true of a lost child. You know, the child in the family that's so overwhelmed by all the family dysfunction, or maybe there's so many things going on that they just kind of get forgotten. <laughs> that's also going to register as rejection. Pretty much, if we have any kind of a dysfunctional social dynamic, rejection is going to be a theme, and so we're at risk for developing an internal rejector. When we experience this intense rejection, we feel as if we have one hope of maintaining that closeness that we so desperately need with whoever it is that is rejecting us, and that is to triangulate against ourselves. The way that we do this is through the process of fragmentation. We essentially create a split within our own psyche so that we can turn against the part of ourselves that is being rejected. Maybe we don't even know what that part is, it's just us. So we turn against ourselves. When we do this, we do what we do whenever we're triangulating. We try to establish a sense of rapport and closeness by virtue of having a common enemy. Only the common enemy is us this time. As seemingly backwards as this sounds, we create a part that is protecting us specifically by rejecting us. Now, it's not the intention of this part of us, this protector, to destroy us. Let's look at what the actual intention is. The goal of this part is the following. One, it is more painful when someone else does something to you than when you do it to yourself. Therefore, taking the power away from those who would reject you by internalizing rejection, i.e. beating them to the punch and doing it preemptively, is experienced as less painful. Two, it is done to maintain connection with those who originally rejected you and who may currently be rejecting you by agreeing with them about yourself. Three, it's done to cause you to withdraw or isolate so as to avoid the constant pain of disapproval and of not being able to do anything to change the parts of yourself that are being rejected. Four, to get you to stop doing what is getting you rejected when you can. Something that's interesting to note is that this internal self-rejector is formed in the same conditions as your inner critic is. Only the inner critic, which is also another protector, has a different aim than the self-rejector. The self-critic is designed to try to force you to conform to whatever would get you approval. So it is very much oriented towards trying to get you to change, to do things or not do things that would line you up with disapproval. To understand more about the inner critic, watch my video titled Inner Voice. The inner critic is your friend, not your enemy. The internal self-rejector, however, is actually externally oriented. Its modus operandi is to try to get the external rejection to stop, to shut it down. It's designed to get that external rejection to stop no matter the consequence to the self as well. Therefore, its modus is to control others' behavior or gain power over their behavior. 
So that you can understand this dynamic better, I've got a concrete example for you. We're going to look at the case of Martin. Martin's father left when he was two years old. You can imagine that when somebody leaves a mother with a little two-year-old, that mother ends up pretty bitter towards men, right? And that's what happened. Martin's mother hated men and definitely did not hold back on that opinion around Martin. Not only that, because she was absent a husband, she turned Martin into her surrogate husband and required him to change everything about himself so that he was exactly what she needed for support. So let's look at how Martin received this experience. In his mind, his father could not have possibly left when he was two unless he was worthless. So he feels completely rejected by his dad. On top of this, because his mother's constantly ranting about how much men are awful, and he looks at himself and is like, I'm a man. He's being rejected in that way by his mother. Not only that, her requirement for him to conform and change himself in every way so as to meet all of her needs made his true self feel rejected. So he's being rejected not only by dad, but also by mom. So how did Martin keep himself safe? He created an internal self-rejector. He internalized it. Over the course of his life, this part managed to keep him safer by taking the heat away from people's conflicts with him and pacify them by agreeing with everything bad they say about him. This part has managed to get him to stop doing things that would make it so that he's all alone. This part managed to get him to be able to stay a part of his family. This part managed to get him to live by himself so that he can be himself and not be living directly with people who would inevitably reject him. However, this is when we need to look at the downside of this self-sabotaging, protective behavior. Martin was a budding tennis star, in fact, and in his first international tennis tournament, he won the tournament. Only unlike the other players, his dad wasn't there to support him, and neither was his mother. She was too busy with herself and all the other children that she decided to have. So he didn't have anybody cheering him on. The only people that he did have that he knew and was associated with were other tennis players who had just lost. So do you think they were celebrating his win? No. In fact, they were disappointed about it. So all of a sudden, he experienced himself as having more rejection when he won than when he lost. Uh-oh. The self-sabotaging part came in and thought, oh, this is genius. We're going to make sure that we lose on purpose. And not only that, eventually we're going to quit our tennis career so that we can coach instead. Believing that nobody will actually value and actually love him, Martin never put any energy into really figuring out what his truths are. What he does when he gets into relationships is that he meets a woman and he senses what it is that she needs and what it is that he could do that would gain her approval. So he enters into relationships on a totally codependent foot and in an inauthentic way. He's just conforming to whatever needs she has. He's not making sure he knows who he is and then deciding whether it's compatible or not. As a result, he ends up in extremely codependent relationships where all he is doing is sticking himself in a incompatible situation. And he can't keep up that act for long. Pretty soon, his real colors start to show, and then it's a death spiral from there because the women that he gets into relationships with are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. Now, it doesn't take a genius to see that if he enters into a relationship on that codependent, inauthentic foot, and then his real colors start to show, is he going to be accepted and approved of and loved or rejected? 
so it's essentially a self-fulfilling cycle. When people have issues with him and shame him, he agrees with them about himself, reinforcing the internal rejection. But instead of examining whether he genuinely wants to change something about himself, whatever other people have a problem with, and doing so in a way that is for himself instead of against himself, or to the opposite, really positively owning that thing about himself and putting himself in a compatible situation to it instead, all that happens is he feels guilt and he feels he should change but puts no actual energy into changing and tries to overcompensate by doing something else unrelated that would get him approval. So you can understand what I mean by this pattern of Martin doing things to get approval that have nothing to do with what the actual conflict is. Let's look at his most recent relationship. He gets into a relationship with a woman who is a real go-getter, and so she's up first thing in the morning and is like on point getting things done. And she has a massive chronic issue with the fact that in the beginning of the relationship, this is how he behaved. But now he acts very passive and always behind the ball. So she feels like she has to manage him and like she's got an extra child. Instead of actually looking at that aspect of himself, do I want to get up this fast? Is the truth about me that I want to take this kind of responsibility? Or am I just sort of passive aggressively doing this? Instead of looking at that truth, so he either changes something about himself because he genuinely wants to do it for himself, or really owning that that's who he is and then putting himself in a different situation that's more compatible, he just doesn't change anything and instead will do something like, oh look, I made you something to eat. Now, that's unrelated. You understand that the issue with, with him not being on point and not being responsible has nothing to do with him making her food. So it doesn't go anywhere. It's almost like he's trying to fix it with something totally unrelated and she's like, great, it still doesn't fix our issue. Martin is actively engaged in self-suppression 24-7 and he dissociates in his relationships so as to keep himself close to the people he loves but also distance himself from the pain of their rejection at the same time. Martin sabotages his life and his relationships over and over again because this protector of his is willing to do anything else damaging just to avoid external rejection or to get other people's rejection to stop. Essentially to shut it down in the moment. When you have an internal self-rejector as a protector part within you, most likely you're not going to embark on a process of really figuring out your truth, including things that you might feel ashamed of but that are true about you things you've been led to believe are bad about you, but that are true about you. Because you won't embark on that process, you're more concerned and putting more of your energy into just avoiding rejection no matter what it takes. Now this means that you're walking through life not knowing what your truth is and therefore not being able to live an honest or authentic life. And because of this, you can't actually find compatibility in any of the sectors of your life. And like I said before, if we can't find compatibility, that's an automatic setup for rejection. It's a setup to be in the same damn cycle that we were in in the very beginning of our lives. And again. And again. <laughs> you get the point. Not only that, the problem with having one of these internal self-rejectors is that this is the way that you're comfortable with interacting with people. Now, I know it doesn't feel good. Ironically, when something's familiar, it doesn't necessarily have to feel good. When it's familiar, the reason that we're okay with it is because we feel some measure of power there. We have created an adaptation that makes it so that we can predict that environment. We feel like we have more control in it. And therefore, we will tend to, by virtue of familiarity, gravitate towards this same type of dynamic that fuels the self-rejection. It's the devil you know. 
On top of this, what a bummer this time. We live in a universe that is managed by the law of mirroring, which is also called the law of attraction. If we have an internal self-rejector, we will be a vibrational match to external rejection. <laughs> it is essential to see, hear, feel, understand, and appreciate your self-rejector part. It is also essential to help it to make a decision about whether the consequences of what it is doing are genuinely worth the rewards, especially as an adult, and to repurpose this part of yourself so that it is more of a direct advocate rather than an inverted one. All this being said, the most powerful thing you can do is to work with and integrate that internal self-rejector, the part within you that is protecting you by rejecting you, as well as the vulnerable part that it is protecting, the one that created it. To understand more about how to do this, you can watch my video titled Parts Work. What is parts work and how to do it? You would also benefit by watching two of my other videos, the first titled The Truth About Narcissism and Codependency, and the second being The Secret to Overcoming Your Problems, which is all about the process of exaltation, which is a super important process for people to embark on if they're struggling with this self-projection. The internal self-rejector is an attempt to avoid suffering and to avoid pain, but as we know too well, all too often our attempts to avoid one type of pain simply land us in another. <laughs> Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to my channel, and consider sharing this video with your friends. You can also click on the bell icon to be notified of the next time that I post a video. I want to thank you personally for the bravery that you have to step into awareness. I'll see you in the next video.